0: Uh, Today's topic, we have a panelist with us who has an extensive history of getting involved with the psychological uh, issues that people run across. Dr. John uh, Corpix is a psychiatrist and director of mental health services at the Jesse Brown VA here in the Chicagoland area. Our discussion will cover the mental health aspects of the post-pandemic Transition. We're all coming out of a tough spot. So it's good to have people who are in the healthcare field, who are in our VA system, uh, such as Dr. Uh, Corpix, who has an idea of what this whole thing's about and why we should be paying attention to this transition. Okay, Dr. Corpix, how are you doing?
1: Very good. I'm very happy to be here.
0: Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So what can you tell us about this? What should people be focusing on uh, in the post-pandemic transition? Uh, We have gone through so many things, isolation and separation and not going to funerals, not being able to see loved ones and traveling. Uh, What what should we know about this and how this affects us?
1: Well, Yeah, certainly it's been uh, stressing um, for all of us. And, you know, within the population of you know veterans that I see we've seen increasing rates of substance abuse and um, depression anxiety but you know at the same time coming out of this you know I think there's a lot to be optimistic about and hopeful and and you know an opportunity to move on and, and grieve in, in healthy ways and you know get back uh, connected to our communities and, and connected to you know mental health treatment for for my patients and um, you know, put some of those challenges behind us.
0: Great, great. And you know what? You know what are the the major things you're seeing? Because I know there are different things out there, such as you know schizophrenia. But we also have people who are taking care of people with dementia, and Alzheimer's disease, and you know the caretakers are always the ones that have a burden on them as well. But what's the kind of a picture of what's going on? Uh, we, we do have people still trying to grieve from the loss of family members. So it's kind of a, a, a mixed bag out there. And then we also have a veteran population. Many of them are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder um, and have other ongoing uh, health concerns, chronic medical conditions. So how, how does this all figure out? How, you know, how do we start to even address a problem like this?
1: Well, I, I think there are there, some... There, there, there multitude of um, problems you just mentioned uh, you know something that I think of you know that you mentioned is you know being a caregiver for for a, an elderly family member or someone you love and uh, the Veterans Affairs has been fortunate to roll out uh, new access to uh, caregiver support and a new caregiver support program with increased eligibility for those who care for our veterans um, and giving them additional resources. And one of those include uh, mental health counseling within my department that's uh, provided free for eligible caregivers. You know, so we're trying to to provide more services for our veterans and wrap around and, and engage the the whole family uh, in their mental wellness.
0: Okay, great. And you know, a lot of people actually have been uh, going through this. Some people have lost their jobs, and you know, so maybe you can explain to us a little bit about you know, the difference between, you know, um, people who are like in situations or situational depression and in people who are, you know, have a, you know, chemical imbalance. Sometimes people say that that exists, you know, uh, you know, what's the difference between these things? And, and what do people know, need to know about the relationship behind being depressed because of what's going on around you? And if it lasts too long, what, what, what are the implications of all of that?
1: You know, mental illness is a biopsychosocial uh, problem. So, you know, it's, it's multifactorial. It, it, it's not just a, you know, genetic disorder that you inherit that causes a chemical balance. It's, it's a, you know, interaction with your environment and your stressors and, you know, uh, opportunities to build resilience or, or missed opportunities to, to build that resilience, exposure to trauma uh, and different things that can uh, bring about you know mental illness, regardless of of you know what genetic predisposition you had uh, early on. So, so I think you know the important thing is is not to feel stigmatized about seeking treatment and admitting you know you're not okay. It's, it's okay yeah. to not be okay and uh, to get help, and you know lots of help is available out there.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very important point because sometimes we are afraid because we think this is such, uh, you know, such a thing that it's you know it's okay if you have you know uh, diabetes if people feel that's outside of your control and people feel that you know high blood pressure is outside of your control, which is not totally true. You know, it has a lot to do with our diets and how we take you know take care of ourselves in general. But when it comes to mental health, people always have a tendency to stigmatize that and sort of push back that, you know, this is not something that will happen to me. Um, and that can be really dangerous for them, right? Um, I, I know that, you know, veterans still have a uh, big issue around suicide. Um, and we know that suicidality uh, during the uh, pandemic period actually increased from what I've been seeing. Um, so, so, you know, wh- how can we get over this stigma? How, you know, how can p- family members talk to people within their families to say, look, you know, this is not you. There's something different going on. Is there anything they can do, any resources they can reach out for?
1: Well, um, certainly I would highlight the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill, at NAMI. Uh, they provide a lot of resources for families when they're dealing with a loved one who's uh, struggling to get into Treatment and overcome that stigma. Um, they have a very helpful website uh, that's worth checking out.
0: Um, hmm. So, so this, they just Google National Alliance for the Mentally Ill. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, or N A M I.
0: N A M I. Okay. So, it's mm-hmm. probably, so probably something like NAMI.org or something like that,
1: right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, I don't recall it off the top of my head. Right. Right. Um, but coming back to what you were saying earlier, you know, I think of mental illness just how you were describing, you know, hypertension or, or diabetes. You know, mental illness is, for the most part are conditions that need to be, um, you know, maintained. You need to maintain your your wellness and your recovery, and, and if you lose. Track of those healthy habits, or you know, some people need to take medications for those conditions. Um, and, and if you don't stay on track, then then you you know, then you relapse a little bit. You know, your symptoms come back. You know, your your depression gets a little worse, your anxiety gets a little worse. Just like your blood sugar or blood pressure uh, can go up when you don't maintain that that same wellness and those healthy habits.
0: Okay, because you you've, you were appointed at the University of Illinois and then uh, in Chicago and also Northwestern. And I, I know you're a fellow of the American uh, Psychiatric Association as well. So really, you know, pretty pretty impressive background uh, on uh, this and working with veterans for over 15 years. So as as we're going through this pandemic and coming out of it, what is it that uh, in particular, you know, we need to think about for veterans? Uh, because one of the things that stuck in my mind, Doc, is that, you know, people who are, Um, our Gold Star family members, those are are members who have people who have died in the line of service. And in the post-pandemic time period, some of our uh, service members have died during that uh, time period, even during the pandemic. They're serving overseas, um, you know, combat missions. We have returning veterans coming back from Afghanistan now. You know, what what should we be prepared for in this post-pandemic period? Uh, Because it seems like the veterans are going to have some uh, you know, some additional issues to deal with. Um, I, w- I was talking to some uh, people who are in the faith-based community, and they are concerned because they're wondering if they have enough resources because normally they would have some con- contributions to the mental health arena, you know, in directing people to psychiatrists and psychologists and social workers. Uh, but they they are kind of afraid because they don't know what's coming at them. And, and what 's going to be happening once you know happening once they reopen their faith based institutions, whether it 's a church or a synagogue or a mosque so you know what what should we be thinking about as we 're coming out of this from uh, the mental health perspective should uh, Should we be preparing uh, for this and having more of a network system or integration of services, or h- how do we deal contend with this? And especially for our, um, you know, our veterans who are returning and the families, as has mentioned, the gold star and the blue star families.
1: You know, bu- building coalitions is exactly what the VA is looking at trying to do right now. I'm trying to approach, uh, you know, this. You know uh, an epidemic of suicide among our veterans uh, from a public health perspective where we can um mm-hmm. you know reach out to veterans and engage them where they are um but you, you know you mentioned faith communities earlier and, and you know depending on uh, how you look at it arguably the, the majority of mental health treatment in our country is provided in the context of those faith communities but uh You know they need not be concerned about you know lack of resources because you know va is very well equipped to Mm -hmm. care for our veterans and and has uh, plenty Mm -hmm. of resources available our challenge is generally getting the word out there and and, which is part of why it's my pleasure to be here today uh to get veterans uh into va and and engaged in treatment and Mm -hmm. overcoming some of the stigmas are um you know out there not just about you know engaging in mental health treatment but and uh, engaging with uh, VA, um, which is a, a tremendous um, mental health resource that, that I don't think a lot of people recognize. Um, but in terms of you know the veteran suicide rate, uh, two-thirds of those suicides occur among veterans that are not connected to VA treatment. So one of the best things we can do is just get veterans to, to come in the door and, and, and meet with us and, and see all that their benefits have to offer.
0: Yeah, so that means that they there's a big um, a big pool of people out there that could potentially be saved, right? Um, and Absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge number. Two thirds, or something, like sixty six percent, right? Of of veterans mm-hmm. uh, for people to really realize that. Um, uh, so, uh, I'm just writing this down because I, I'm just <laughs> I think this is really important to, uh, to bring out. Um, yeah, but also um, maybe you can tell us what. And this is one the topic I've been talking to people about. And uh, it, my wife was actually walking on a, a path one day, and it was about a week ago. And she ran across someone who was a triathlete. And this, this lady, uh, you know, was the preeminent athlete, right? <laughs> Everything she did was eat cornflakes to, you know, to run, right? And so she was really a big athlete. And uh, when she walked up to her, she said, you know, Three months ago, I could have gotten a COVID shot, and I decided not to. So as a result, I ended up in a hospital for four weeks and had uh, lung involvement. They put me on a ventilator, and now that I'm off the ventilator, I can barely make it around this track once. They said I have extensive uh, lung scarring, and this is probably going to be with me for the rest of my life. She said, what a terrible mistake I made by not getting vaccinated. So the mental health implications even for that with her, because we always just think about the physical, and I I was mentioning this one the other day, is that we wear a mask, we wash our hands, we physically distance. And I hate the term socially distancing because it implies abandonment or isolation or separation, disconnection. And what what she said was it really struck me because the mask doesn't protect you from uh, these pressures that come from outside that have a psychological impact. So as, as we were talking about the public health measures, there was very, very little said about the, psych, the psychology part of this and how people, um, you know, would contend with being in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, as we're coming out of this, what, what do you think are the essential things that we need to be talking about? What, what is stress? How do people can, uh, you know, uh, contend with depression?
1: Well, you, you know, I think the thing to think about is, is, you know, how to build resilience, you know, within yourself and, and with your community. And and I like the points you just made about, you know, physical distance isn't the same as social distance. And there are opportunities to still, you know, stay connected to the, you know, those you love and those you social with and, and those that help you build that resilient social network um, that can, you know, recognize when you're not yourself, you're, you're not more irritable, you're not sleeping, and, and, and can draw attention to these things and, and help you cope and help you, you know, talk about some of these things or, or you know, advise you get a little more help when it's something, you know, more than your, your family or your community unit uh, can handle without some, you know, professional inter- intervention.
0: Oh, right, right. Um, you know, and and you also, you, when you were saying that, was just thinking, you know, the VA is also, you know, I, I guess the, um, I wouldn't, I'm not sure if it's the originator, but definitely uh, the major uh, supplier of telepsychiatry, right, <laughs> and tele-mental health. And uh, that is something you've been using extensively also, right?
1: Yeah, we, we were well prepared going into the pandemic, having been doing this for, for many years and not having to... Deal with some of the obstacles that other, you know, um, private healthcare systems deal with in terms of state borders and insurance companies. And, you know, we saw it was the right thing to do for our veterans, and and had been doing it, it for many years. But but everyone else, you know, caught up pretty quickly, and uh, you know, we see most of mental health treatment, you know, being provided virtually. Uh, what we're trying to do now at uh, Jesse Brown is be able to maintain the veterans preference about how they choose to engage, you know, because we see some veterans that, you know, we're, we're certainly itching to get back and, and be face to face and, you know, their groups and, and, and see their fellow veterans in person. While the, you know, there's still you know many that are hesitant to come in and, and prefer the, prefer the convenience they have now of being able to engage virtually. Uh, so it's, it's more about a third in person, a third by telephone, and a third by what we call uh, VA Video Connect—that's our uh, video conferencing platform—and it'll be interesting, you know, how that, uh, how those modalities, you know, are used going in the future as people get more comfortable being around others and and easing out of uh, you know this, this isolation we've been conditioned to accept over the past year.
0: Fantastic! I mean, those, those are some really great. Opportunities. Um, you know, as, as usual, we start running out of time. It seems like we just started to talk. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're getting close to, um, you know, we have about two more minutes to go. But I would like it if you could give. Um, You know, first of all, to give uh, some of the uh, numbers that people can call or a website that people can go to to find out more about these services. Um, And then, you know, I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to talk to Glenda Smith. If you don't mind, I'll I'll give you a call and talk to you about getting – I'm working with the Department of Public Health right now. I used to be the former director, but we're working on some projects with – this reach out uh, for mental health and the ambassadors program, and I know suicide prevention is one of their, you know, central uh, themes right now. Uh, First Lady's health initiative—about uh, 102 churches are involved in that. But um, that would be a great place for you to talk about the VA uh, benefits because we have a lot of our veterans, you know, involved with these institutions. So. Uh, that would be
1: wonderful. We're, we're always looking to build our coalitions and, and engage more veterans in the Chicago area.
0: Oh, great. So so where, do pe- where should people go if they want to find out more about these services? If you're a veteran out there and you just feel like, or you're a family member of a veteran that says that, you know, they need to have uh, care, because sometimes the family members are aware of things and they, they, you know, maybe can guide people towards, you know, getting the care.
1: Yeah, uh, let me give you a... a resources here. So Jesse Brown's homepage is is ChicagoVA.gov. That's ChicagoVA.gov. And uh, our main phone number is uh, uh, 312-569-VETS, V-E-T-S, or 8387. Uh, The mental health service is available at um, 312-569-7225. Uh, and the Veterans Crisis Line is a national service available all, all hours of the day, morning, noon, and night, as 1-800-273-8255. 8255.
0: Perfect. So it's uh, chicagova.gov, uh, 312-569-VETS, uh, V-E-T-S. That's 8387. And also 312-569-7225. Uh, if you are out there and you need services, please call this great uh, psychiatrist, Dr. Uh, Corpix and his team and get you the, the, ne- the necessary you need for yourself. And think about this. It also helps your family. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit AmericasHG.org.